0: It's the Skinny Podcast, only on Local12.com. Now, here's Richard Skinner. Welcome into the Skinny Podcast. It's the Bengals post-game edition. I'm Richard Skinner, Local12.com digital sports columnist and editor with Rick Broering. And as always, it's presented by Ryan Kiefer of Prime Lending. Coming off the Bengals' 21-16 regular season finale loss at the Cleveland Browns, which didn't matter one iota as far as seating went or anything else went, and the fact that they didn't get anybody hurt that mattered, Uh, The Bengals now will head into the playoffs against either, and we may as the podcast rolls along, against either the Las Vegas Raiders or the New England Patriots on Saturday at 4.30 p.m. Rick, we'll talk a little bit more because we're doing this podcast as the Sunday night game is unfolding. The Raiders are currently on top and driving, so it looks like it's leaning towards them, but we'll uh, hopefully figure that out a little bit later in the podcast. But certainly for the Bengals, um, all in all, it wasn't a fun game to watch. It wasn't a great game to watch, but Hey, if you're Zach Taylor, you got what you wanted. You got a bunch of backups, a bunch of snaps and you came out of it with no starters of any note getting hurt.
1: Yeah. It was quite boring. Unless of course you were betting on it at all. And then at the end, there were some interesting numbers in play and all of that. So uh, betting always makes it more exciting, but yeah, it was a pretty awful football game to watch. If we're being honest, it felt like a preseason game though, skinny and from that aspect, it felt like there was an opportunity to see some guys in important roles that don't usually get to play important roles. Who stood out to you from that standpoint?
0: A couple guys. I was. Ha- I don't know if he stood out, but I was happy for Trayvon Henderson. And it's, I'll, I'll give you a personal Trayvon Henderson story. And this feels like it was eons ago. I think this was four years ago. And this is how long Trayvon Henderson's been on this roster. And it's been mostly as a as a, uh, as a practice squad player. And 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 he's been on injured reserve a couple of times. I want to say he's on his fourth season. I should know this off the top of my head, but I'm going to go with that for a second. And it was in a um, it was in their inner squad scrimmage in Paul Brown Stadium, where um, this wasn't AJ McCarron. Maybe it was. Maybe this was this long ago that it was AJ McCarron threw a deep pass down the middle of the field to AJ Green, in which Trayvon Henderson should have intercepted it, didn't. A.J. Green makes a catch and goes in the end zone. And I tweeted out, not a great play on the ball by Trayvon Henderson. Should have made a better play on it. Great catch by A.J. Green. And he tweeted at me after the game, which I kind of appreciated, which was protecting the franchise, bro, understand the game. And I went, you know, that's probably a good point. And I tweeted back at him, and that's exactly what I said. I said, you know what, probably a good point. And I thought in my mind, I'm like, I didn't tell you to kill the guy, but you could have made made a better play on the ball. But okay, that's fair. And so here he is, how many ever years later, Rick? And I'm telling you, that was at least four years ago. At in fact, I know it was, um, to where that play was made. And to see him scoop and score that and go through all the practice squad reps he's gone through, the injured reserve he's gone through. And and, and I don't say this because he clapped back at me. I appreciate him doing that and actually taking it in the vein that it was meant in and vice versa. I, I, you can't help but hap, be happy for a guy like that. I thought Chris Evans was great. Chris Evans just keeps flashing. When you give him opportunities, I thought he ran the ball great. I thought he, um, I thought he caught the ball. Obviously on the touchdown, great. I think he's got a chance moving forward to be a really good second back for this team in the next few years. If you decide to move on for Samajay P Ryan, which you probably will at some point, or phase Samajay into a complete, a, a complete. Um, a complete uh, special teams role, third back role. And I thought Marcus Bailey at times flashed. So <laughs> I thought there were some good things from, from certain guys, which is a good thing. And, and you're right. It was, it felt like a preseason guy. I thought Brandon Allen, as the game went along, I thought he got better, which is good. Cause you may need him.
1: I want to talk more about Brandon <sighs> Allen here in a second, but you brought up the main guy that stood out to me and that's Chris Evans. I've been on this train since preseason that I think he could be a difference maker. And You know, he hasn't really been a big factor on the offense so far this year, and some of that is probably just because the amount of weapons they have ahead of him to use, but he hasn't gotten a ton of opportunities either, and you just wonder if going forward, as he's able to see more time, if he'll be able to make the most of those, because it seems like every time he's utilized at all, he's able to make something happen. Today, he has seven carries for 35 yards and caught four passes for 24 yards and a touchdown. Efficient, effective. And he has some big playability, too. I'm excited to see what he can do. And I'm also looking at him as one of those guys where in the playoffs, it seems like randomly someone will have that big game that you're like, where did that dude come from? Right. right. I could totally see him being that guy.
0: Right. You know, they, they flank him out and he gets that little out and up route that he's run a couple of times. He ran it in a, in a regular season game. He's running. Uh, he ran in a preseason game. You're right. And that feels like that that could be that guy. I'm with you on that. Um, because you're going to have to have that. There's going to be a moment where maybe it's not Samaj P. Ryan time. Maybe it's Joe needs a rest, and maybe it's a third and six, and you go, Chris, we're going to go empty, and you flank out here, and oh, my gosh, we got you isolated on a linebacker, and you're going to run the out and up against man coverage, and you're going to beat the guy for a 52-yard touchdown, and people are going to go, who is Chris Evans? You're right. I think that's a great call. I mean, it, it may not happen, obviously, but I think that's the kind of performance today that goes, hey, Cat can play get him some snaps
1: if you're talking about like sort of that x factor unexpected star the lead candidate is cj uzama i think he's the guy that you know is actually featured enough to get those opportunities and he's had a few moments this year to wear but but off off the
0: reserve yeah but off the reservations chris evans and the other thing too i thought he returned kickoffs really well today to the point where you go okay there's your role now
1: yeah, exactly. I thought that was a no brainer after seeing him do that. It's like, oh, OK, well, he looks great returning kicks and it makes sense. I mean, you, tr- you want to try to get him a few more opportunities with the ball in his hands anyway, right, I think. So right. there's a great opportunity to do it. You know, Marcus Bailey, you mentioned him. He had 11 tackles, seven solos, also had that nice pass breakup. That was good to see, obviously, because he's been dinged up this year and he's an, an important player for this team right now.
0: Yeah, I mean, um, you know, Jermaine Pratt's going to be back, obviously, and Logan Wilson sat out today um, as an inactive just to keep him healthy. But um, you're going to need three linebackers, and, and especially if New England is the team that they play, and it looks like it's now trending more towards towards the Raiders because they're up 12 points as we're doing this podcast, which will keep you will keep you in prize. Even though if you listen to this tomorrow morning, you'll know what happened. But as we go along with the podcast, but if it is New England, they run the ball so much, maybe you need three linebackers, and okay, that's fine. Marcus Bailey, Jermaine Pratt, Jermaine Pratt can cover. Logan Wilson can cover. I don't know if Marcus Bailey can cover, but you're right. He got a piece of the ball that, that uh, Mike Hilton intercepted in the end zone, and he was all over the place in the run game. And if you get to the three-linebacker portion of it, okay, I'm good with Marcus Bailey. Marcus Bailey was a good draft choice, man. It was a, yeah. a seventh-round guy with a with a history of knee, uh, especially his senior year where he hurt it a second time and had surgery. And so they kind of let him ease into last year, game the red shirt year, all of those things, played a little bit. And when you see him now physically, you're, you you look and go, hey, he was really good at Purdue and he was healthy. And he's really good right now and he can run. And boy, he's a good player. And that's now you're suddenly you're three deep at linebacker. We actually talked in a couple of podcasts ago of looking at the offseason going, OK, maybe you need to add another linebacker. Maybe you don't. Honestly, maybe you don't. Maybe you got three linebackers you trust, and Akeem Davis gave there's a fourth, and then you're drafting for depth in the fifth or sixth round instead of the third or fourth round. So, yeah, I thought that was a big performance from Marcus Bailey today in a major, major way. The
1: other other guy I wanted to bring up was Clay Johnson because he ends up with 11 tackles, six being solo. I didn't think he did anything spectacular, but, but as I, a noticed depth beast- I, I noticed
0: him, I noticed him. Yeah, as notice
1: a, I, I noticed him. Yeah, I thought he was solid enough. And then you look at the box score at the end of the game, you go, oh, 11 tackles. OK, he was he was definitely involved there like seemed like he was. I guess the thing there for me is this unit has been nicked up here towards the end of the season in the second half. Depth was an issue. This is a guy that they signed kind of on a whim and he's right. he hasn't been here very long, but it was good to see him at least if you're in a pinch and you're you're kind of screwed. It feels like you could throw him out there and you're not. In awful shape.
0: No, I, I, I'm with you on that. And so suddenly now we're talking four linebackers deep. And really, in theory, against most teams, you only need two, right? And sometimes you only need one if you're going to a dime package.
1: Right. And, I, you know, I'm not saying I want to rely on these guys or that they're no, going but, to be studs, but, but, especially Clay but, Johnson. But it wasn't terrible what we saw today. Right.
0: Right. And that's exactly all you wanted. And it wasn't like you were playing scrubs. I know Case Keenum's a backup, but Case Keenum's won a lot of games in this league. He's been a starting quarterback for a lot of different teams in this league. They played a chunk of their starters for a chunk of the game, if not all the game for the most part. Um, So yeah, it was, it was, you know, it wasn't like you suddenly go, I was against a bunch of, this was literally complete preseason game. It was for the Bengals. I don't think it was for Cleveland.
1: So you were talking about Brandon Allen before, and you said you thought he got better as the game went on. He ends up 15 of 29, 136 yards, one touchdown, no interceptions. He was sacked four times in this one. I'll tell you the conversations that seem to be going on. I saw him on Twitter, and I had a few of them going on in group text on my phone. Do you think the Bengals need to be looking for a replacement backup quarterback heading into next year?
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, and I think they will. I I think you're going to see a... And we've joked, but I don't think it's a joke. I think you're going to see something along the lines of a Sam Darnold, a Jared Goff, who has history with Zach Taylor. You're going to see somebody along those lines. Yeah, you're not going to see Brandon Allen moving in the future. Brandon Allen's been a serviceable guy for the short time he's been here. But yes, I think they're absolutely going to look in a different direction. But I did think Brandon Allen... I thought as the game went along, I thought he did okay. I thought he did – he started making connections. He started being more confident. He started making more accurate throws. Early in the game, there were a couple times he wasn't even accurate. I mean, like on out routes, on slants, on deep ins, on digs. He was behind guys. He was rushed. And I even asked him after the game – said, did it take you a while to settle in because you haven't had reps? And he said, yeah, and there's no question about that. And the more the game went along, the more comfortable I felt. And I thought he did. And, and so if we're talking in the short term, which is all we're talking about right now because of the playoff picture, am I confident if he goes in, if Joe Burrow gets hurt in a, a Carson Palmer situation from 2005? Maybe not. But I also have to go, hey, when Jamar Chase was in the game, they connected two times for the amount of times it took him to get the record. Um, he, he didn't have Tyler Boyd and T. Higgins, and he didn't have C.J. Uzama, and he didn't have Joe Mixon, so I'm going to give him a little benefit of the doubt that he wasn't exactly playing with a full deck either, and as the game went along, he got better, but yeah, to answer your initial question, I don't think there's any doubt that you're going to see a different backup quarterback on this roster next year.
1: As I like the idea that you had there, going after the veteran who's played as a starter in the league, has good big game experience already. I don't think it makes a ton of sense to draft a guy this year because one, it's a very bad draft for quarterbacks. It doesn't have much depth or at least doesn't appear to going into it. Obviously these things are always hit or miss in terms of projections, but.
0: And Rick, and and you're in the window to win. I mean, you're in the window to win, not just win, but you're in the window to win big. And so if you're in the window, to win big, if something happens to Joe Burrow, you better have a ready-made replacement. This is kind of the old back in the day of the Peyton Manning. And he had guys who were like, why, who is that cat? where they had no chance to win games. Um, you know, you didn't know what Matt Castle was in New England, but Matt Castle obviously had that one great year in place of 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 Tom Brady, and they kind of got lucky. But I think for the Bengals, where they are in the window of opportunity, you can't waste it if Joe Burrow gets hurt. And, and again, I hate to say it that way because everybody's going to kill me for saying, oh, don't talk about him getting hurt. It's, it's a fact of life in the league. Hopefully it never happens to him again, and hopefully he starts 140 more games in a row. But... Um, You better have a ready-made replacement when you're in the window of opportunity to win. You know, going into this year, I don't think they thought they were in the window of opportunity to win big. And certainly last year they weren't. So Brandon Allen's the perfect replacement. But moving well, forward, no, you got to have the guy who can step in and go, hey, this guy's won games in the league. Let's go to that guy.
1: Well, yeah, and let's face it, even going into this year, your only chance to win big or exceed expectations to the point that they have was for Joe Burrow to be. Right. That's superb. Right. Otherworldly like he has been. And it wasn't going to matter if you had a, an average backup. This team still wasn't going to be good enough. So, you're right. Going forward, they've got a lot of talent. They're moving in the right direction. One, they don't need to be wasting draft picks where they need to upgrade at other positions on the cheap, hopefully. But two, if if I'm bringing in a backup quarterback into that situation, a team that's ready-made to win, I want a guy who is a game manager type quarterback, for lack of a better term. And I don't really mean that in terms of his skill set, the way we think of it when we're talking about uh, Andy Dalton type player or anything like that. What I mean is I want a guy who has played enough big game situations where it's not like you're looking up and there's no time on the clock today like Brandon Allen had, and he's turning and calling timeouts and is frustrated. You don't want to see that when you put your backup in, right? Like you don't want to (laughs) be ruining and burning important situations with a guy like Brandon Allen out there.
0: Well, let me ask you this. Andy Dalton the right price? Would he be the right backup? Absolutely. Okay. I think that
1: okay. I think that would make a lot of sense yeah. as a backup I, quarterback. I, I, He'd be the perfect I, I, I do, type of too. guy.
0: I do too. Okay. I, I thought you were dissing Andy Dalton in a way, but I thought mm-hmm. that no. I just, like mean, right I just mean I just mean my point when saying have.
1: my my point when saying game manager wasn't to talk about a specific skill set or say like I want a guy without a big arm or whatever. <laughs> it can be a talent like you were saying like uh, Jared Goff. Go- I wouldn't put him in the game manager category necessarily. I think he was known as a different type of prospect coming in, but he would be a guy that I would be fine with as a backup.
0: Right. I mean, cause he's familiar with Zach Taylor and the system, all those things, but yeah, so and he's played so a ton of big and, games. And, I mean, and the funny part is so's Andy. That's, that's a great right. part of that. Right.
1: Right. No, I would take Andy. Andy would be exactly what I'm talking about. A guy who has a ton of experience, who's done it all before, who's seen everything the league has to throw at him. That's exactly what I want in that backup role for Joe Burrow and this team going forward.
0: Yeah. Now, the problem
1: is how much money can you afford to spend on that? Probably not a lot. But if you get any of them at the right price, I'd be comfortable with the guys we're talking about.
0: I don't think it would cost you a lot to get Andy Dalton. I don't.
1: You wouldn't think. And I mean, he has to have some love for this place, right? I mean.
0: Yes, yes, and and other than the whole Ryan Finley fiasco, I think Andy realized what he was with, and I think he actually liked Zach and liked what he was trying to do and understood that it was the, the whole changing of the guard. I think they handled, in retrospect, I think everybody would agree, they handled the Ryan Finley starting for three games fiasco as badly poorly. as you could have. Yes, yeah. correct, and it was poor. I mean, everybody could agree that was that was poorly handled, for sure. So, yeah, I, 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 I think that's not an awful spot to be in
1: something i realized today was i'm pretty sure ro- comparing ryan finley and brandon allen made me think brandon allen was better than he was looking <laughs> he back
0: was, he was better i mean there's no question about no, a lot better.
1: better than ryan finley but ryan finley was so bad that it's like oh yeah this brandon allen guy might be all right but it's like yeah, that, watching yeah. brandon allen today it was like <laughs> yeah this ain't it the-
0: that is that is correct that's that's fair
1: all right. Anything else to hit on from the game today, or do we want to move on no. to the Raiders because it looks yeah. like the Raiders have this thing locked up? It's 26-14 yeah. and eight minutes and to go, and they're kicking another field goal. And it's
0: 29-14 I believe. Yeah, Daniel Carson just made a field goal, so it's twenty nine fourteen with eight twenty three to go. It's looking looking more and more like the Raiders. No, I nothing, just want to nothing nothing like
1: live live updates on a podcast. This is incredible work oh, by us. I know, but
0: we but we had to we had to start discussing it. That's I'm how like, we're doing? I'm it. not waiting till midnight to do this, and we know when they're going to play. We know one of the two teams are going to play so let's just go ahead and do the podcast and roll with it so there we are unless something crazy happens it does look like it's a Raiders. so I, yeah I'm with you let's go ahead and move on to that
1: yeah well I, I think a couple of things about that one I wanted the Raiders more than the Patriots when we found out today after those early games that it was did going you? to be one of those two yeah let me tell you why did you okay yeah one just the not the sure fam- I do Okay, and I'd, I'd love to hear the counterpoints because I think there are some. I don't think it's a total no-brainer, but I think I no, lean no, no. Pretty I'm pretty strongly yeah. on the side of the, the Raiders. One, yeah, Go ahead. I'm going
0: to shut and let you make your point.
1: We've already seen that it's a good matchup for the Bengals. That early game, they dominated it. It wasn't really close, and Mixon ran for 123 yards, which showed that even despite those pass rushers they have, it, it, the Bengals' offensive line really was in control of that game at the point of attack. Burrow, has already seen their defense what they have to throw at him. Now, will they try to scheme up some extra stuff? I'm That's sure anyone would do that, but you're not going to be surprised. You don't have personnel that he's not used to or some unique look. He is so smart and processes this stuff so quickly that I think having already seen your defense is an advantage for Joe Burrow. Now, Again, I don't want to make too much of the Belichick stuff because I get it. He doesn't have Tom Brady anymore. He has a rookie quarterback that doesn't appear to be overly talented and an offense that doesn't appear to be overly talented, but it's still Bill Belichick, and he's been pretty good in the playoffs, and he has a talented secondary, and Joe Burrow hasn't seen them yet, so that worries me more. Now, I think Derek Carr is better than Mac Jones, so that would worry me a little more for the Bengals' defense.
0: Yes, by far. I think your 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 one point is a really good one about um, Joe Burrow seeing a defense uh, already. And, and, and one that they it,
1: matched up really well with, too.
0: Yes, and you can see it with the matchups he's had the second time around rookie year against Cleveland. They lost, but he was great. Uh, the second time around, finally against Pittsburgh, this Ravens, year. and third Ravens this Most year. Most extreme example, yeah. correct? And especially not not the second time probably this year, but the first time when they were healthy and they could do all their blitz package stuff and all that stuff, right? So that I'm I'm with you in that regard. So I think that's 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 really well done, and so I'll I'll give you that part of it, but I. I just think that the rate the, the Raiders are playing so well and so confident right now that they scare that they've adjusted to uh, the Henry Ruggs absence, and um, they're playing. It feels like they're playing for their head coach, who's probably not going to even get hired, which kind of sucks for him, which is silly in my opinion because he's done a fabulous job. Rich um, I I I think New England kind of petered out. I think Belichick maximized what they had. I think he maxed them out. I think it got to the point of, um, you know, Mac Jones, uh, game manager, was great for a long period of time until team said, you know what, to hell with this. You better beat us, Mac Jones, and then he couldn't. And today was a perfect example. Uh, second series, are down 7 nothing. He throws a huge pick six, which he'd been really good at not doing. They don't have weapons on the outside. They can run the ball, but what do the Bengals do against against teams that that that's their primary weapon is running the ball. I know Kansas City ran it, but some of it was the Bengals sold out to stop the pass. But against teams that run the ball, Bengals are really good at it. So for me, and it's a moot point because I think Vegas is going to win this game, so it's not going to make any difference anyway what I'm talking about. But to your question, I'd rather see the Patriots. I know it's Belichick. I get all that stuff. I just don't think they're as good. I don't think their roster is as good as a Raiders roster. I don't.
1: Well, and and to your point and why I felt good in either scenario for the Bengals, whether they were going to play either team, I think they're clearly better than both of the teams that they would play. But to your point about the Patriots, they've lost three of their last four and the only win was a blowout win over Jacksonville.
0: You yeah, know, which they, matters what, which, mean, which means what, right?
1: Yeah, exactly. You, you beat or you lose to Indianapolis 27 17, you lose to Buffalo 33 21, and you lose to Miami today 33 24. So that defense that seemed like it was really playing well when they shut out the Falcons and they held Tennessee to 13 and they held Buffalo to 10 in a win at the beginning of the month in, in December, it, it hasn't been the same for the last four games. And I, I'm with you. I get it. They're not playing as well, but. I still think I'm, I'm excited that the Bengals are going to be playing the Raiders because the matchup already looked good the first time we saw it and Burrow getting to play them for a second time and the way that Joe Mixon has had success against them. That outweighs the, the Patriots and the way they've been playing of late to me. And, and,
0: you know, and, and I'm guilty of this too, Rick, and I'm guilty as a coach too of this. I'm guilty of going, boy, we got some momentum going. And it's sometimes the momentum is, no, you just burn yourself out because you played your ass off. And so some of that with the Raiders is tonight, how much emotion was into this game for them tonight, right? Of, oh, they got all this momentum going, they're playing great. And yet they put all their their motivation and all their energy into winning tonight. And it was like, okay, we did it, we did it. And then you play the next game, it's like, why was there a letdown? Because you know what, that's human nature, man. And so to your point, maybe that is the right way to go. And maybe it's, hey, New England's the vice versa of, Guys, let's fix this stuff. Let's get this right. And we're going to get it right. We're we'll going to get it right this week. We got a fresh start. And maybe for them it would be a better scenario for them. So that's the funny part of the yin and yang of this of we all look at the hot team and the momentum and all that nonsense. And I'm guilty of it. We're all guilty of it, right? Yeah. But yeah, but maybe it's the whole vice versa of it of hey, Raiders put a ton of energy into tonight. And they go, whoo, we're in." Well, good. Woo, you're in. And guess what? Now you got to complain in Cincinnati. Good luck to you. Yeah. I I
1: take the momentum thing with the giant grain of salt. I mean, I think it is a factor and certainly something that I'd consider, but only to a certain extent. It's like the any given Sunday thing about the NFL, right? Like these guys are still the best of the best, getting paid a lot of money to do it. They have a really good coach. So it wouldn't surprise me at all if the Patriots all of a sudden turned it back on and started playing like they were in November. But at the same time, Look, I think that the Raiders have proven to be a team that the Bengals are clearly more talented than a team that the Bengals can clearly cause problems for in terms of the matchups on when the Bengals are on offense. So I, I think this will work out really well.
0: Yeah, and the funny part is if you go back to that game, the 32-14 win, I didn't think the Bengals played great. I thought they played really well. I thought they managed the game beautifully, but I didn't think they played great, right? It wasn't like they were... Hey, they're hitting on all cylinders and they're clicking here. It was Joe Burrow, game manager, and as you mentioned, Joe Mixon running. Now the defense was fabulous, right? And they caused a couple of late turnovers that set up scores. And Evan McPherson was silly, but it wasn't like they were stupendous. And nope. so there's that to hang your hat on too.
1: Well, it, it, two things about one: that game was in Vegas too. I mean, this one's going right. to be at Paul Brown Stadium, so I obviously that's nice. But in that game, Zach Taylor had not turned the corner yet with turning Joe Burrow loose and Fair enough. managing this offense in late game situations and really turning it on and having more of a killer instinct the way he has down the stretch. I, I really have, have completely changed my opinion. I think ever since um, what, what game was that where he ran on second and third, they ended up losing all oh, the San Francisco game, right? Yes. San Francisco game when they had that late game scenario and, you know, they turned the ball back over and they lost. And we talked about the fact that you've got to go down with Joe Burrow. You've got to go down with your best player. I really think he learned from that. You look at the way they played the rest of the season, the final four games. That's a good point. And he was so much more aggressive, and he really did let Joe Burrow air it out and go win him games. And in late-game situations, he gave Joe Burrow the chance to win the game. And, And the way he managed the end of that Kansas City game, sure, you got some calls to go your way, and that was fortunate, but it was outstanding. It's exactly why you're aggressive and you try to be aggressive in those situations and let Joe Burrow be great because good things tend to happen when you play that way. So all of those things play into the Bengals' favor for this second matchup against the Raiders.
0: Yeah, I'm with you. I, I think that's probably right. I think that's probably fair, probably right. Um you know, and if 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 they just play their they don't need to play an A game. They just got to play their game. Exactly. I think they're fine. Right. I think they're fine. I think I'm with you on that.
1: Yeah, I think that's the exciting part of it. That's really well said. They do not need to be their best to win this game. They are just better than the Raiders. So
0: No, no, and that's, and that's the funny part is this playoff setup. If you win this game and go to a Tennessee, and I'm jumping way ahead of myself, I don't think you have to be your A game. I think the A game has to come if you have to play Kansas City at Kansas City. That's your A game, right? That's the game you have to better be on your A game and your stripes to win.
1: Tennessee at Tennessee is going to be really tough, too. It's going to be really difficult. But you give the Bengals a shot without question. I mean, that's not like, oh, they're going to be a massive underdog in
0: that game. That's
1: right. I'd be curious to see what what do you think the spread would be in that, like four and a half?
0: For which game? I'm sorry.
1: If Bengals um, at Titans, you think it would be like four and a half? I know we're we're talking about a team that can't win one playoff game, and we're right, talking about right. the next game already. People are going right. to kill us, but
0: right, I I would say yeah, I would say three and a half, four and a half. I think it's probably fair. Speaking of which, so let's touch on that for a second. So the fact that this franchise has not won a playoff game since before were you born in ninety?
1: Yes, eighty seven.
0: Okay, so you, but you don't even remember the game? No, no. I, I actually covered the game, so that tells you how old I am, Rick. So there we go. So. The, the, the whole playoff hex of 30-plus years, it's been a theme and a question, and you can imagine as this week rolls along, it's going to be a theme and a question. It feels like, I don't even think it feels like, it feels like it's not the right word. It sounds like that most of these players and coaches, A, understand it, but B, don't care about it, which is probably the right way to go, because... They got no history with this. I think the teams under Marvin, no offense to Marvin, this is not, it's going to sound like it, but the teams under Marvin had a history because it was similar rosters, 05 to 09. 05 was obviously the crazy Carson injury. 09 was, oh, great, we're back in the playoffs again. And then suddenly you had the Andy Dalton years for four or five years, or for five straight years, rather, not even four or five years, but five straight years. And that roster was similar and i think it built on them and i think it built on them and i covered those teams and it built, i didn't cover the 05 team i didn't cover the 09 team i was covering different things at that point but it built on these last handful of teams and so the pressure just kept mounting and the conversation kept going and the pressure kept mounting and the conversation kept going these guys don't know anything about any of that stuff they don't and i think and really other than clark harris and kevin huber who am i missing i'm missing a player probably there's a couple guys ain't many though that were part of those teams, these guys don't know that stuff. So its not, I don't think it's a factor. Whatsoever. They, they could lose, mind you, but it, that, none of the whole playoff history thing will be a factor. I think it was a factor for those teams of 11 to 15. I think it was a complete factor for those teams.
1: Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more with you. The, the overall history of a franchise in those regards do not matter at all to an emerging team right at the beginning. <laughs> the young guys and a new coach who don't know, weren't here for any of it, don't care about it, any of it probably didn't get to see much of it. You know, they were so, so young at the time, including Zach Taylor. Like how much does he remember about the Bengals' playoff losses, if we're being honest, you know? So I don't think those guys care at all about that stuff. Now, the recent history of a team that's been together and a coach that's been there, like Marvin Lewis, it did become a thing. By the end, Marvin not being able to win a playoff game was a thing. And you can say, oh, it's it's a media thing. His teams just weren't good enough, what have you. But like either way at that point, it was a thing and it, there is some legitimacy there. And I do think it adds pressure with these guys. They do not. And like the way Jamar chase and Joe burrow are in general, like Jamar chase is laughing at this stuff and setting new records. You know what I mean? He's not, he doesn't right. internalize like right. outside right. no, right. storylines. Like it was funny today because they were asking everybody about it. There wasn't much to talk right. about for the game. So everyone's asking, Hey, the, you know, the playoff thing and all, Zach Taylor. And the first couple of players were all like, Oh yeah, we're not worried about it. That's that's not about us. We're we're only worried about the 2021 Bengals. And they asked Jamar Chase. Well, then they asked Jamar Chase and he's like, Oh yeah, we know about it. We're here to change things. Like he's yeah. like, you know, he's like, I, I like that storyline. So it's whatever. I mean, all of them are gonna make what they want about it, but I definitely don't think it's adding any extra pressure, and I don't think it's something that weighs on this group at all.
0: No, agreed. I, I think that's a big part of it. I don't think it does at all. I think it did on those teams I mentioned. the the, the five straight years, it did, man. I, I think I've told you the story of the whole Adam Jones thing back in. In, in New England, where I walked up to Reggie Nelson, who's one of the nicest guys ever. If they lost New England uh for that 2014 team that was really good, and they lost in prime time as the whole prime time narrative, and I said, "Does this does this hurt worse?" And that's where Pac Man didn't even turn around. He goes, "Hell yeah, dude!" And I went, "Yep, you're right, man. I get you. I'm noting you, dude. I wasn't talking to you, but you're right. I appreciate I it, though. No, <laughs> so, no, but 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 you could tell. I mean, for those guys, they knew the narrative, right? They knew yeah. the whole situation, and they understood it. And that's what sucked." And so this group, they don't care. They don't know. They don't know any better. And that's fine.
1: Well, and I also think this is where some of that stuff matters in terms of who you have in your locker room. Zach has been pretty intentional about who he's brought in here. And I don't want to hear any of that stuff when you're winning two to four games a season. Like, I don't want to hear about the culture of your locker room. But having winners in your locker room and guys who are bought in and about the right things and don't turn south when things go wrong or any of that, that does matter. When it comes to stuff like this, when you finally get to this point and they've got a group in there right now that I think is a bunch of solid guys. I I don't think you point to anyone in this bunch and you're thinking like, oh, you know, he's kind of an idiot that they've had a lot of idiots in the past. If we're being honest
0: to quote a certain guy, hell yeah, dude. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it does. I mean, it's my man was always right. My man was always right. Yeah. He was but a nut, I mean, but he was always right.
1: Like the, them having the meltdown that they did against Pittsburgh was so predictable for that mm-hmm. group. Like, that's who they were, no, you know? Gosh, and like, no th- doubt. This team is so far away from any of that stuff.
0: No, that's right. I mean, Rick, that's a great point. That's exactly what that group was all about. They had such great upside because they were so intense. They were so um, uh, physical. Arrogant. Like they could do <laughs> arrogant. They could do stupid crap like that, right? They yeah. could.
1: That's who they were. So yeah. You have anything else here to wrap this one up?
0: I think it's all I got is it looks like it's gonna be the Raiders, and I'm I'm good with that, and I think you are too, right? Yep. Raiders
1: Paul Brown Stadium 430 on Saturday or 415? Four four
0: thirty on Saturday. Four thirty oh, on
1: Saturday. Go. Bengals lose twenty-one sixteen. Both of us get screwed on the playoff game time no. game next week. So
0: no, yeah, I know. I yeah, it's I, terrible. Get, I get I I lose two gigs. You lose a gig. It sucks that we lose gigs. Oh, you don't lose no. A gig, I don't I, lose a gig. I I have to miss no, you the lose game. A game. Yeah, <laughs> you lose a game. I lose I lose two gigs. So it is what it is. I'll live with it. Uh, I thought it was going to be one o'clock Sunday for sure, but I'll I'll have to live with it. And it is what it is. But yeah, I mean, it, it, it's 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 pretty cool that they've gotten back to the playoffs. And and as much as I was critical of the Zach Taylor hire because I wasn't sure that he was ready for that pay grade-wise, and I don't think the first two years he was, despite the fact he didn't have a good roster and that was not on him. I mean, the bottom line is, dude's done a great job. And they've built the roster back up, and I think they've got a nice team that... uh, Chris Rankle asked me tonight in the Sports Authority of, where do you think the ceiling is? And I said, I don't think there's a ceiling. I think if they went to the Super Bowl, it wouldn't shock me. Um, If they lost in the first round, it wouldn't shock me. But I think this year, there's no clear-cut other than going through Kansas city, Kansas city. Right. But the fact you beat them should at least go, we beat them. I don't know if we can beat them at their place, but we beat them. I think that gives you the whole, where's the ceiling, man.
1: It's unclear with this team because they weren't supposed to be in this position. They keep exceeding our expectations this year. And so who knows where they can end up, but I know one thing they've already proven is that they can play with anyone. So on, you know, I, I don't know if they can stack those all in a row together to get through a playoff run, but Just win one. That's all the city wants to see first is just win one. That's a good point. We'll talk about the later stuff when we get there.
0: And and trust me, we have not traveled all year as a a selfish SLB that I am. Um, If they win and they have to travel to Nashville, guess what, Rick? I'm not going to be very sad. I'm not going to be sad at all. I think I'll be okay with that. (laughs) That'll work. All right, brother. Good stuff as always. We'll be back uh, on Thursday, I think. Depends. It might be Wednesday. I have an no idea yeah. what the college might, basketball schedule. Because who might, knows who plays college basketball, right? If
1: we could do Wednesday morning, that would probably be best for me. Then let's
0: do that. Then we'll do Wednesday morning. I'm good with that, Rick. I appreciate it. We're talking this out as we're even speaking. We don't even know what we're doing. Yep. So we'll do Wednesday morning with our next podcast. It'll be the Potpourri podcast, which I always enjoy. And you guys can ask me questions, which I always enjoy as well. I've not farted in a jar in case anybody's wondering, but I will do that before that podcast. I swear to God, I will. <laughs> I promise you I will. I know, I promise you I will. So anyway, so for Rick Boring, I'm Richard Skinner. It's been the Skinny Podcast, the Bengals post-game playoff edition, presented by Ryan Kiefer of Prime Lending.